life on the road. It's booze, tacos, angry dwarfs, strippers waving guns, and fees, fights, cattle flights, running with the runs, and blacklists, bounce checks, great a bachelorette, <laughs> drunks in the front, making out for your set, and middle acts doing blow more, missing merch, and drive the rental car past another mega church, and juice keys, vagina fists, your cell phone is gone. One big law and order marathon. Ah, uh, I miss. I missed the cocaine day. I missed the cocaine days. Do you not think that it's like cocaine. a good thing though? Like I saw pictures of John Fox when he was young and he was like this insanely handsome surfer dude. Mm-hmm. And then he made it through the coke field days and they just looked like an like a 80 year old trucker. I throw <laughs> trucker, you know, bless your heart. I know you're looking down, John. I know you're looking down. You might be looking up <laughs> more than likely, more, more than, than likely, likely looking, up, looking up, looking straight up. Uh, Thanks for tuning in the Road Stories, everybody. I'm your host, Murray Valeriano. What's happening? How you guys doing? You living? You feeling good? Uh, Working that new soundboard. Yeah, I've got the new so soundboard beautiful. here. Thank you. It's, it's, it's so nice. Polished. There's too many knobs for this. <laughs> I like. I'm I talking know. Talking about in the room. There's three men. There's too many knobs for this. No, it's like I have the same kind of mixer, and, and I like twiddle this and that and whatever. And you just realize, I just need to make sure that people can hear it. Because yeah. It doesn't. That one in the middle of the the. the way, yeah, it's, just, it's just voice. I have effects, sound effects on this thing. Yeah. So if, you, if, if you're not getting enough flanger, just let me know. Yeah, <laughs> Pump it in. Yeah. And Murray's very modest, but that is the same board that Hoobastank uses on the road. Yeah. yeah it's, uh, <laughs> so, I mean, it's, 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 I'm not, it's a nice ba- board. signed by the bass player, Hoobastank. Yeah. Hoobastank. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, nice it's, it's a, it's a, like nice a signature model, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yeah. Um, hey, uh, first of all, let me just introduce everybody here on the show today. Uh, Sitting in the get, we're going to call it the guest host seat. Is a uh, good friend Ian Gatoski, good friend of the show. Thanks for coming. Um, oh, thanks for having me. Mary. I'm I'm sure you have some fights to tell us about <laughs> since uh, the last time fighting we were here. for my life <laughs> every day of my life, buddy. And then uh, having, I'm so excited to have Jim Short back. Thank you for coming all the way from where you live. From what? From uh, across town. Across town. I made the trek uh, uh, west. Yes, to be here at the lovely. At it's the lovely. Uh, Guest house. Is it the guest house? We call it the guest house studios. Yeah, the studios. studios. I think of it, you know, like that's the thing about when you live in Hollywood and you live in Los Angeles, everywhere there's a cultural sort of a, you know, there's a studio here and like back in the 20s, Chaplin shot this here and the Max Senate Studios and right. Disney used to be at the Gelson's. I think it's going to be at the point where there's going to be like a podcast tour of Los Angeles. <laughs> it's going to be like, That's you know, awesome. guest houses <laughs> and studio apartments and garages. Like right. in, in the 2010s, this podcast was recorded in this back room here <laughs> of a thing. I, I think it, it's going to be that sort of level of, um, of, of, yeah. of tour. <laughs> podcast or I might try to put one together right now Tour? just to make yeah, extra yeah. money. Oh, yeah. Right. <laughs> because I think Take there would be Los people Fields, who WTF and <laughs> Yeah, they want to go see what Marin's house looks like from the outside and have have him yell at them. Yeah. 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 Get, him, get the fuck away from me. <laughs> uh last time I had Jim Short on, Jim Short uh is originally from Australia. Am I right? That is the but that's correct. Texas, yeah. by way of Texas, by way of Texas and San Francisco and, and San now Francisco. Los Angeles. I'm a I'm a mover, I'm right. a wanderer. Uh, last time I had Jim Short on, I also had Australian comedian Will Anderson on. Uh, not just a comedian, an Australian superstar, a legend, yeah, he's, a beloved figure uh, 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 on the same level as as Australian Arch Barker. 
Arj Barker, yeah, Arj Barker's a big deal, but he's he's from he's New actually, York. He's actually he's from the Bay Area. I was going to say he's a Bay Area. Threw me for I know Arj. I'm no, like, no, I know. He's not well, he's a, he's a, he's a, well, he actually is. He's I think he's got his his he le- he's got oh yeah, he lives down there. Oh, he's smart. He's man. a superstar. Uh, yeah, but, he's so- but Will Anderson, a massive uh, superstar in in Australia. Right. Uh, none of my listeners could tell you guys apart. <laughs> oh, really? It just sounded like the same guy <laughs> telling two Australians. Going, telling, Wait, was that Jim? Was that Jim? I don't understand. <laughs> well, he, he is more real deal Aussie than I am, though. I yeah, mean, well, he lives there still. Um, well, he and I, I left there in 1979. Uh-huh. So, I mean, and everyone will tell me like, oh, I, there was a, I was with a couple of Australians the other night, and they were like, you're not, you're not Aussie, you're not, you know, the, the real Australians will give me shit for not sounding Aussie enough, right? But, and I think that they sound like caricatures. Yeah. When I hear them, oh, maybe, you know, I was like, oh, come on, lay off it, lay it, off it. It's, a, it's, it's amazing to me that you've been here since 79 and you're kind of like my mom in the way that she was raised in Memphis but left in like 70, probably 79 also and still talks like she's in Memphis, like never lost. Yeah. How old was she when she split that? Oh, she's in her 30s or 40s. Uh, okay. Yeah, I was 12. Okay. So I don't, I don't know if there's any bearing on that, but I mean. But you have a lot, you still have a pretty solid. There's, well, there's a pretty different accent there so yeah uh, i don't know i think there's something about i just wanted to hang on, on to it oh I, I listen man wanted to have something different if it gets the ladies yeah it brings them it. in if it's a panty dropper you <laughs> stick with it you <laughs> stick with it oh and and does it online online my canadian accent my canadian accent has got me so much ass every time i say sorry they just lose <laughs> their shit now do you amp up i always i always ask i always ask my Austra- and for some reason, I've, I've befriended a lot of Australians over the last few years. Well, you know why? Why is that? You surf. Oh, of course. That That's would right. be that would be the connection. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. I and think one so. of them I do surf with. So yeah, Monty, that makes a lot of sense. Monty, yes, Monty Franklin. Um, do you a do you amp up your accent when you're on stage? Be honest, Jim. Um, yeah, well, I'm, I'm always, I'm always backstage pre- prepping, you know, I've got, I've got my Australian phrase book out. Blimey. Bloke. Sheeler. G'day. You know, yeah. I think, I think, I think everyone amps up what they are on stage. Sure. A bit. I think everyone, you know, cause if you just see them, we're just the weird person sitting in the back anyway. Right. Um, but. I think everyone, but probably so. I mean, I, I it probably becomes more pronounced and more because it's it's theatre, dear. It's yeah, stage. Yeah. Yes. I so I think it. I think it probably does a bit. And but my, my other question is: Do you think you can get away with more stuff because you have an accent? Good question. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, well, I, I read the interviewer's handbook before this one. <laughs> <laughs> Boom. I think. I think you. Uh, and get away with meaning, you know. Uh, edgy stuff, maybe funnier with an accent. You can maybe. be cheekier and ruder and a bit more subversive because it's sound. Because you can be, well, he's not from here, right. so it's like his. You know, hey, here's what I've noticed about you people. Even right. though I've lived here for fifty years, <laughs> and I'm part of the problem. Right? Um, I, no, I think you. I think you do become a little bit of a. But you also get told then go the fuck back home. Oh, really? Yeah, like if you're in Toledo. Right, right. <laughs> People will yell at you, go back to where you came from. Um, yeah, because Australian is really keeping... We're such, Ameri- we're keep, such... You're keeping Americans down, man. We're so we close the against you in every way. No. Well, I've told people that. I said, you know, when, you know when the rest of the world tells you to go fuck yourself? 
you know who doesn't Australia, Australia we're yeah. always there with you so mm-hmm. and then you know they love it they love it when you tell them that yeah. shit in Toledo and they're all wearing elf hats in December <laughs> and they're like why is this guy from somewhere else I think in, on some levels from somewhere else? some people you know what I was doing a show in Seattle a couple of weeks ago which is a great city but it's like I was I was a couple of minutes into it and somebody finally goes where are you from Really? Like angry that I hadn't announced. And I think, I think it, and I even said, hmm. it is pretty much, we're at the point in America now where, where if you are from somewhere else, it is almost your duty to go up and announce straight away where you're from. Right. So they can go, I think I've heard of that. Yeah. I think I, I think I'm okay with those people. Yeah. Um, but if you leave, it is, if you leave people hanging too long and they don't know where you're from, they, there is a discomfort, I think, for some people. Like, I know he's not from here. And I want to know where he's from. Okay, I think that's and, like the greatest thing about being Canadian is like, I feel like I'm blade, like I'm a day walker. Right. Yeah. You know, because like I know everybody you just pass. thinks I'm from you here. Pass. Yeah. yeah. I pass completely, you know? So I've always like considered like, that's like my little thing that makes me feel good is like, I, I can c- compare myself to blade, <laughs> which is an unfair comparison. I had an opener the other night who was gay. And are you taking a shot at me right now? Because I did open for you a few days ago, and I am a married man. <laughs> you, <laughs> taking, that's it's so you, gay. That's, that's so gay. Yeah, and I mean, I mean, it gay from the seventies and eighties. He doesn't actually like men. He's just lame. He's just, yeah. Yeah, he's just lame as shit. He just uh, he just lives with two women in an apartment in Santa Monica, right, right, and says he's gay. So right. that he it's these seventies gay. He's Jack. You can see John Ritter gay. Beagle. <laughs> right. Beagle. Um, and he didn't tell people he was gay. He just he just was like he, he made a joke about having sex, hooking up, and he's like, and the next thing you know, I'm hooking up with this guy and blah, blah, blah. And this is in La Jolla. Very white, rich. Right. There's a Maserati uh sales across from the club. Like yeah. that's the, his joke was like the poor part of town. But uh I just thought, hey, you know what? I like that you don't come up and tell people you're gay. I like that it's not let's just fucking all yeah. live with it you know what i mean let's I not make a big deal about it for comics that do that like jackie cation is it that just like she tells jokes that gay. are really smart she's not gay but she tells <laughs> jokes that are like you know where you don't she's not going to tell you that she's a woman or that, that <laughs> she has a vagina and i think that's no like those comics that like they just they, they put it out there and they know even if it's like highbrow or if it's like hey i'm gay i'm not gonna be it and just just kind of throw it out there and if you take it you take it and if you don't you don't which that's like I just looked at it as an admirational thing because it's like them not pandering to a crowd. Right. Do you know what I'm saying? Sure. I've got such an appreciation for that because I pander oh. relentlessly. <laughs> if I say give it up for the troops one more time in my set, I'm just kidding. I don't say <laughs> he just sells the shirt. <laughs> yeah, just, but like, there, there is something about <laughs> you make an announcement about I'm this and then, it, and then that's supposed to set up the whole – it is kind of cool when when somebody uh, there is also that reveal to like Scott Kennedy was like that he was gay but would never say he was gay until something during the set and then and he wasn't their perceived notion of a gay man right right and there was something cool about because they almost know that they're um, they they've got this thing that they're going to throw out there at mm-hmm. some point and they're going and the audience will usually go holy shit i had no idea yeah that's you know and it, and it kind of busts that almost has more impact and power than i'm gay and get used to this shit and i'm in your you know right, right. announcing it straight up like you, you're supposed to get i'm stage. in your face <laughs> Fuckers, let's do this oh it's funny you mentioned that because the he the the opener his name was joe dosh i think um if you joe joe, if you're i know that guy yeah i know that guy, you know yeah. okay yeah. A young guy and he and he said and he told me he's like man he's like one of the people i wish i could have met was scott kennedy yeah, because he was such a pioneer for for gay comedians, he thought. And I thought that was sweet. I like that. 
Uh, speaking of um, Ian opening for me, Ian did a guest spot the other night. By the way, thanks to everybody who came out to Irvine Improv. It was a blast. Yeah, was man. Really on we were out night. on Veterans Day. Give it up for the troops. And uh, Please. <laughs> they're out there fighting for your safety, everybody. For your freedoms that you enjoy so we much. We had a decent huh? turnout Wednesday night. You know, Wednesday night they're doing those headliner shows, the Improv Now. And uh, they're good gigs. They're good gigs. Although Irvine Improv's 500 seats, dude. It's a it's a gigantic. If you don't place if you don't, now, they're get, building these massive places now. They're popping up everywhere. These five hundred seaters. I'm like, yeah. who are you bringing here? Yeah, that can sell seven shows at you know, <laughs> like that's a lot of tickets to move. If you have a hundred people in a five hundred showroom, you might as well have twenty five people. Mm-hmm. It's just it's the same. But we had a really great crowd, big awesome. crowd. It was awesome. But Ian does five minutes on religion, <laughs> and like fucking scares the whole audience. <laughs> Like, because it's uptight white Irvine. All right, right. So they're uptight white and rich. As a matter of fact, I saw a guy do uh, a joke about uh, Cecil the lion getting killed. Yeah. And he's like, I don't understand why that didn't work. And I'm like, it's because these You're people will go hunt lions. Like, they are <laughs> the rich white people who do that. <laughs> they That's have why. lions stuffed over their fireplace. They're also the people who can go to the dentist. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they, can afford, they can afford that as yeah, well. Right. Um, and they've just had a, 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 a gay opener trick them. <laughs> but I think it's something like my anything I do religiously, it's always about a question. Like the joke that really didn't do well that I think is like a really funny joke is I'm like, it's one book. Like, shouldn't church just end at some point? Like, shouldn't somebody just like the, the preacher should just be like, that's it, people. We did it. Next time I see you fuckers, it's going to be heaven. Come on. <laughs> Two weeks for doing Chronicles and Narnia. More lions. Come on, everybody. So, like, and I think it's like a really silly, good take, like, kind of like a different look at something. But, like, it's just like when people shut down just over the, the material and not listening to any context. Yeah. Just like, this is just a yeah. question that I have in my mind. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying church should end even though I'm not a big believer in, right, in right. religion and stuff. But like, it's a thing of, I just got back from Houston and this joke worked better in Texas, in <laughs> really? South Houston. Really? Not, 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 not Houston proper, South Houston where it gets squirrely. Yeah. I've had that joke work really well there. And, uh, and then sometimes it does. Like, it was a little hard down there too. But uh, I mean, I have a lot more of it. But it was like, I was like, Irvine. I'm like, when I'm in LA and stuff, I'm like, this is like, LA usually does really, really well. And yeah. I just like, I guess I was pushed back because like, you kind of like, all right, there's a lot of people. This is going to be great. And then they're just like, people covering their mouths and stuff. I'm just like, <laughs> what the <laughs> yeah, it's like, what is he doing? This is not what I was thinking. <laughs> well, you got to, plus, Ian's new to Los Angeles, man. You got to understand just south of the 10 is a whole nother world. Like, really? it's not Los Angeles. South of the 10, huh? Yeah, man. I would say, South of, anything south of comedy and magic is going to get really, really tight, tight, tight. Republican and really and, and, and unable wow. to differentiate between a statement and a joke or see that it's like I, there is something weird to that. Like I'll go to Iowa and I'll do something mm-hmm. and where you think that they're not going to go for it and at least maybe they'll kind of listen. But yeah, there's something about Orange County yeah. that is so like, how dare you come in here and defile? I think there's something to do with the people being a bit more well off too. Like I've paid to not hear this kind of bullshit. <laughs> My taxes are paying for your comment. I don't think they That's do. I don't think works. it's how it works at all. I but think so. no, there is like yeah, it's it's those like highly 
Well, like, yeah, there's a place in Marco Island. Have you ever done Marco Island? <sighs> yes, unfortunately, I have. That's a highly conservative well, off, place. Well, off mic, too. we will bitch about that place because yeah. it's. Oh, that place has been bitched about on mic. Uh, well, just times. about. Yeah, well, you well, talk about people jacking you over. Oh, really? That conversation we had before. Oh, right. That is, super well, it's conservative. A, it's a ultra weird fish restaurant. Yeah, it's off the hook, right? Yeah, yeah, off, off the, the hook. hook. And it's people coming in from their fucking yachts <laughs> to <laughs> enjoy a, a Alaskan king crab dinner. Dinner during the show. <laughs> she said, like, crab, like, a lot of stuff. I don't know. Like, I've, I don't mind those rooms because it's just like there's something about, like, you kind of knowing you're going into a, like a battle, you know, where you're mm-hmm. just like, okay, tonight I'm going to really try to make this, you know, like, make this work with these people. Yeah. And it's such a tough go. I had somebody give me, I have like the thing to swipe the cards. Somebody give me one of those American Express black cards. <laughs> they're like $10,000 a year to have, and they're made oh, really? of pure titanium. Oh, yeah. wow. And they have no spinning. Like, you can go and buy a house on one of those things. <laughs> and they gave me one, and I'm trying to run it. I'm like, it's not working. I mean, it's not working. It's not working. Is it square? <laughs> yeah, my square. My square doesn't seem to handle titanium very well. I'm like, what the fuck? And, and she was like, she even tried to give me like, she hand, it was so funny. She handed me the black card. She bought three shirts from me. And she's just like, can I get a break on three? I go, did you really just hand me a card that costs $10,000 a year to own and ask for a break? And she goes, of well, course. you don't. I said, she's of just course. like, why wouldn't I? I'm just like, you don't get, you <laughs> don't get bless rich. your heart. Yeah. You don't get rich by spending money, dude. Yeah, man. You don't get, by the way, I was just down in uh, Fort Lauderdale. Uh, uh, I, I tried to hook up with some listeners. I apologize. Um, family really kind of took over for the weekend, but I really do appreciate you guys. Uh, reaching out, take want to take me out for drinks, you know, hook me up with shows and stuff. I appreciate it. I'll definitely hit you guys up, take you up on that next time. The reason I say that is because this has nothing to do with road stories, but I went to the International Boat Show in Fort Lauderdale That's while right. I was there. Oh, I heard that. I was down there last weekend, too, yeah, you and I heard like they told me, like, the boat show's going on, so get to the airport early when you're leaving. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, it'll be packed from boat people. My friend Dave Rochin described it well by saying it's a, bl- a vulgar display of wealth. It was, I saw yachts. And tits. In tits. It's a vulgar display of of, uh, wealth and tits. Um, (laughs) With wealth. With wealth. Comes tits. I saw a yacht. They opened the back of it. It had another boat in it. (laughs) I'm not making Like a turducken boat. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> it's a it's a kayak stuffed into a bass boat stuffed into a fucking yacht. Three jet skis and a gym. In the bottom of it. That's not even up top where the helicopter lands. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it was um, I've never seen like you know what? You don't need to own a boat though. You need the job that that drives the boats to these boat shows. That would be the way to go. You don't have to pay 50 million for a yacht. You just get your boating license. I think you have to get one of those. And you just sail the boat around from show to show. That'd be a blast, right? Oh, you'd be the transport guy. Yeah, yeah. For the, for the boat. Yeah. yeah, that's not a bad gig. So, well, I'd, I used to do the Bahamas all the time, the Atlantis, the big uh-huh. resort. And all like the crew would come to the shows at night, and they can never tell you who they're working for. Because, I mean, you're talking like 15 people working on a fucking boat. On a boat. And they're like, well, we're from here. And it's just like, oh, we had to drive. His daughter was going to come to the Atlantis. So we drove mm-hmm. the boat down. And then she decided she's going to Paris instead. So we're just hanging out here for the night before I have to drive the boat back. I'm like, what does it cost to get down? And he's like, to bring the boat down and everything with the crew. Because, I mean, they make good money, too. Yeah. When you're a boater, like on a boat staff, and they've got all these, like, passageways. So they never are, like, all those boats have, like, inner walls that just the staff uses. So they're never in the wealthy people's way oh. and it was just like you know round trip was like 300 grand to run this boat like that's just kind of money you throw away right to you know 
Man. Now I'm going to Paris instead. Just fuel up the jet asshole. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, like, I saw overboard. I know how this works. I know how this yeah. works. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> There's a, we had to take a water taxi, which I don't think I've ever, my, I took my son too, and my friend Dave Rochin, who lives down there, is probably listening. What's up, Dave? Um, uh, we went on a water taxi through like the waterways in Fort Lauderdale. Oh, nice. I don't know if you've ever done it's that. It's beautiful through there yeah, too, right? The, cap, the captain's like, and to the left is the house that uh, the head of Blockbuster uh, owns. He's usually out there, but he's not out there today. There's a big foreclosure sign yeah. beside the house because uh, he's moving out. Yeah, right. He's moving out. With the for sale sign? Okay. It's <laughs> <laughs> that rusted gate that says, be kind. Right. Free one <laughs> out in front. Uh, he's like, and to the left is the, this house was featured in uh, 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 Miami Vice, and uh, this house was featured in Any Given Sunday. And then so I go home and I tell my wife, who worked on Any Given Sunday, like, hey, we passed a house that was in any... She's like, we didn't shoot anything on the water waves. Yes. The guy's fucking I lying. I knew it. It's, <laughs> the like, these, it's like these tours in L.A. You it's all just pornos. It's all just pornos that was shot there. It's got to be all porn. Yeah. Willie Nelson's house. Pretty sure Willie doesn't live in Miami. <laughs> you know? <laughs> <laughs> He's woken up there a couple of times. <laughs> <I'm> confused. <laughs> confused. and not sure where he is. But it was how Willie. am I wet? <laughs> <laughs> Have you guys ever done like a, uh, uh, like a, like a tourist... Ship. I've had people I've on here cruises. who've done uh, tour buses. Have you ever done anything? I've like heard that? about all that stuff. Like going on. Kevin Kataoka, uh, San Francisco guy. Do you know Kevin? I mean, he was my roommate up in San Francisco for many years. Kataoka, do you know him? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Wait, were you in the uh, legendary house? The legendary apartment? Legendary Not that condo? one. No, okay. we had a minor legendary house mm-hmm. out uh, somewhere else. All right. Uh, part of the tour? It's going to be part of the uh, tour. Well, no, no, nothing was recorded the there. Just, oh, okay. uh, <laughs> just people just lived there. You talk, um, you're talking about like cruise shit, like just going not, on for not, vacation? No, like Kevin did a, a, a tour bus. Like it was just a tour bus around San Francisco and they wanted stand up. So they hired Kevin and somebody else. Wow. On a tour bus. So I was thinking if anybody's ever done that. It's just the ultimate hell. I mean, there's hell gigs and then there's like hell gigs where you're trapped with them. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I've heard about that. But, but Weren't there for a while they were having people doing it on planes? Doing like the overhead, yeah, on planes. I heard. Yeah, that was no, many, many the, years that's ago. That's a Southwest guy who thinks he's funny. Well, that's what happened that now. Is everyone's yeah. hilarious on those things? Uh, but, um, I always think like back in the day when I first started out, I would do like just people's parties. I'd put myself out there and I had like a guitar amp and a microphone and I'd do it out by the pool for like twenty people mm-hmm. and just do that kind of dumb shit for like a. They're like, what is it? They're like. I'm like it's gonna cost you a hundred dollars. I thought they'd freak out. They're like, "Yeah, man, you one fifty if you want." I'm like, "Let's just keep it at a hundred. That's the and yes, yeah, so, but those were like really interesting to do, and they all wanted to either hang out and party with them and right. stuff. And yeah, but I used to love those, but I've never had to do like I, I'm sure I would turn if somebody said, "Hey, Ian, tour bus," I would turn it down. I don't. I wouldn't even care about the money. I just don't think because then like if it goes bad and you're stuck in that tour bus. No, thank you. No. Well, you, that's Ew. when you've got to be that great crowd work person who yeah. can just, d- d- you know, it's like any of those gigs. It's like comedy defensive driving or any of that kind of stuff like that where it's like if you're good at just bullshitting with people, it's fine. Yeah. You know, you can, you can, but if you're just a comic and you're like, you know, start doing mat- just material yeah, into right. like one of the, so uh, <laughs> on a bus, on a goddamn bus. So dating's really rough, right? You know, <laughs> what? You know I do do stand up for people in the Uber car. Oh, really? I picked up some USC kids that were part of a baseball team and they were supposed to be doing community service and they just bounced early. <laughs> I picked them up at nine and we had like a long trip back. Like, so what do you do, man? Like, I'm a comedian. They're like, Tell us, like, I did like 20 minutes of my opening act for them. Really? Yeah. 
probably the best set I've had in LA too. If I can be totally <laughs> honest with you. Did you help him with religion stuff and alienate him? Uh, can no, you let us I off didn't here? do. I stayed away from my, like, my religion. He's learned. He's learned how to like read the <laughs> read the car. Read the car. He's learned it's how to all read about the reading the hybrid. <laughs> that <laughs> that will be a, a show soon, won't it? Be uh, pick, you know, pick up comedy or something like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. comedy could, ride. Why not <laughs> comedy ride? That's it. Uh, it will when I call my agent on Monday and start <laughs> pitching. Uber's a sponsor. <laughs> what um what was I gonna say? I was gonna ask you something, I can't remember what it was. I'm blanking. It's I'm tired today. I apologize. My kid got up at five this morning That's and nice. was wide awake. Right. So and I had a couple of martinis last night. So well, I have a I have a question because like I've heard about you. Uh I think everybody in comedy, you know, you're a very well respected comedian. Thanks. And, but can we talk to Jim, please? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Murray, it's already done. <laughs> I heard this story. There's a story of legend, and it involves you of you being switched with oh, Mitch shit. Hedberg. Oh, shit. Do you uh, mind yeah. talking What's, about that? Because it's such a story? popular story. Well, what's what I heard, it was at Columbus. Is that where it took place? Um, I'm, we're going to do it like uh, all the president's men. <laughs> where it's, uh, where it's, well, it's, it's tricky because it's talking about somebody who's since passed away. Passed, yeah. Sure. And One of the greatest. Ever um, rebut anything. So I'll do the like the deep throat call, like uh, just cough. Uh, yeah, uh, no, no, that wasn't yeah, the deep throat. Call. Call. So if, you know, you know when like when you want to go stand in the garage. That source. <laughs> well, it's hard because it's Mitch who's beloved. Sure, and um, we're talking and about Mitch Hedberg. Never a bad Mitch word has ever been said about. Like everybody shits on every comic at some point, and Mitch right. was one of those guys that you couldn't because he was so good and so kind. Yeah, and so you were probably good friends with him, right? From I was. I actually, well, I met. I first met Mitch in 1993. I'll give you the oh, wow. backstory. Um, Again, we're talking about Mitch Hedberg. Mitch Hedberg, uh, legendary comedian yes. and a uh, great guy. And um, I was booked to do A&E's Comedy on the Road. Remember oh, that sure. show that was hosted oh by John Oh, my God, Bynum? yes. I remember And that. they were shooting it in, uh, in Nashville at Zany's. Okay. And um, I was living in Dallas at the time. Mm-hmm. That's where I started comedy. And Dave Becky, wow, superstar sure. manager, yeah, yeah. he was booking that TV show at the time. Okay. So he's talking to me. He goes, you're going to do the show in Nashville. And he says, look out for Mitch Hedberg. I think you and he will really get along. Mm. And so Mitch and I uh, became really good friends from doing that. And um, I I got to – in the house that I lived in in San Francisco with Kevin Kataoka Uh and Brian Mallow, another great comic, a guy out of uh, Houston and and Austin. Um, Mitch and Brian were really good friends. And so Mitch would come crash with us mm-hmm. a lot up there in, in San Francisco. So, um, yeah, so it was in Columbus. So, what, yeah, you, you tell me the story and I'll so tell you. what I've heard is that it's, it's obviously well known that Mitch had uh, drug problems and stuff. Um, and they said that he was really the, – the, the story is, is that he was really high on stage and was kind of repeating jokes and that the manager – and you were middling that, that week and it was, oh, first night. And then the manager came in. And switched you guys around, and then I heard like I heard Stan Hope had sent this nasty message about fucking his baby in the skull or something. Like it was like like everybody to the manager like, to the manager. Mm-hmm. Stan you know, you know, routine uh, Stan Hope. Kind <laughs> yeah, of yeah, yeah, totally. Run of the mill Stan. <laughs> Cla- by the classic way. Stan Hope. Yeah, that's not it's, not. it's not even the shit that he gets in trouble for <laughs> right, anymore. Yeah, you know? Exactly. Yeah. And then I heard they flopped the the, the switched the rest of the week, and everybody just kind of went went. Like every, like it just, the, the news traveled so fast. Uh, like and this is comes. sort of way, not pre-internet, but very Close, primitive. Right I mean, sure. dial up internet kind of, right. and no social media like we have now. There sure. was, you know, yeah. a, you'd 
you'd have a website or a, a chat room or something like that. Yeah, it was the early 2000s, right? Like 03, 04, 05? It was, it was 2000. 2000? I think it was 2000. I think it was like April of 2000. Something. I, could, I may have to double check that. I'd worked with Mitch a few times at that point, and, um, you know, what happens is things get, I'll come back around to the story, but, but, you know, people know Mitch and love Mitch, and people don't know me, so there was all this kind of stuff like, you know, they shouldn't book somebody who does this or what, and, you know, people, I just, they're going to defend Mitch and, and excoriate everyone else in the process, because... Mm-hmm. They know Mitch and, and don't know me. And, um, and I was like, you know, well, at what point am I supposed to tell the club, like, oh, don't book me with Mitch Hedberg because he won't be able to follow me. Right. I mean, who's going to be arrogant enough to say that kind of yeah. crazy shit? I mean, I, look, I, I, Mitch posted on his website the, the couple of days afterwards how um, they, they should have got rid of me or something to that effect or – or, you know, they shouldn't have somebody – look, there's a different energy. And and every club deals with that. Like sometimes sure. you book somebody who is – and look, if you can't do really well in the middle it'll spot, then you don't you don't deserve the gig. Right, right. I've seen the improvs where it's like yeah, these are supposed to be Columbus, the top. Columbus Funny Bone is a, a massively fantastic club, you yeah. know. And this is before Mitch was really as well known as he was to be in a couple of years. Yeah. You know, I mean, he some people he like half the crowd was knew who he was, and half the crowd it was just mm-hmm. some random crowd. And you get a hot crowd, and you're going to do really well. And I wasn't purposely like oh, I'm going to fucking give Mitch a hard time, right? And I wouldn't even say he had trouble following me, but I don't know what state he was in. I couldn't yeah. tell you like uh, like what he was doing or whatever because I don't know. Yeah. I, and that's part of the thing of like, you know, with drugs is you sort of separate from people who are your friends mm-hmm. when you do really hardcore shit like that sure. because they're not into that. So there was there was a really weird feeling of like, oh, I'm friends with Mitch, but Mitch is ba- being very sort of standoffish and really, you know, just staying with Lynn and that I think that is part of of drugs, mm-hmm. and yeah. I'm not a drug or drinking person at all. Right. So you know, I mean, I was having good sets, and there were there were there was consternation. Like, oh, Mitch kind of went up there, and it, my my feeling is like, is if you if you so Mitch post I, this is hard because I'm trying to remember, it and I'm also trying to not be negative on Mitch. Sure, no, and I, uh, we all in, get in that. my story, we all, we all understand. But that. Um, Mitch posted on his website about how the club basically treated him badly mm-hmm. and got rid of him and whatever. And I think the club was in a weird position of because it, it, if you if you have if you're a headliner and the middle fucking does really great, mm-hmm. you know, or whatever, or does a good job. You kind of got to come up there, whether you want to or not, with full guns blazing. And Mitch was kind of coming up there and doing a riff on something like in that moment and something else and something else and not really getting to the meat of the act and kind of just, I don't want to say dicking around, but just sort of like he'd come up and he'd make a comment about the stool and then he'd laugh about it and whatever. And I'm probably fucking entertaining the shit out of him. Sure. But you know what it's, you know what it's like when you follow somebody who's just for whatever reason done a really great job, you can't come up like half assing it. Yeah. 
especially if they don't know you. I mean, half the crowd does and half the crowd probably doesn't. They just go on like, why the fuck? And then it all is like, why is this dude wearing you know sunglasses and got his head down and not making icons? You know, everything sort of yeah. goes in mm-hmm. to that sort of, uh, you know, thing in, in the audience. Like, uh, you know, whatever. I felt like as, as watching it, knowing what Mitch was capable of, he wasn't, it's almost like, I want to speculate that he was going, I'm going to fucking go up there and do whatever I want to do. And these people will get on board and I'm not going to do my killer material, Mm -hmm. you know? And he, he posted some shit about like, you know, I've done five Letterman's and three kill, kill and what, you know, like this, the thing. And and you go, dude, then you should bring the shit. You know, part of me was angry at that time. Like you should bring it then, you know, you can't go up there and bullshit around on stage. Um, and I don't want to say he was bullshitting around on stage, but he was kind of like just fucking around and mm-hmm. not and not bringing a game, in my opinion, as mm-hmm. as somebody watching it who who was quite familiar with his work. And so there was a couple of things. There's many more factors that I'm not going to talk about because it's too uh, it's too private. But they made the decision to to switch us, which was not my. Uh, yeah, I knew it had nothing to do with you. I, I always felt bad whenever I heard the story. Yeah. Because you do have a great reputation as being a phenomenal comedian. And if there was any backlash, it certainly shouldn't, none of it should have ended up on your lap. I think I think only a minor amount did at yeah. the time because he named me. And I actually I actually emailed him. I'm like, dude, take my name off this shit because right. the story's not about me. The story's about, you know, yeah. you and your the club. And I, and I really understood the club's position to a degree. And I understood his position. And we know a lot more about Mitch now and what he was up to. And like I say, I can't yeah, speak can't to speak what to he was doing, sure. uh, you know, prior or back at the room or whatever. But I do know that he was paid in full. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they, offered the, they offered him the, this, the, 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 uh, the, um, the chance, the whatever. They offered him, you can still do the week. We'll pay, pay you all the money, but you can middle. And look, I wouldn't have wanted to have closed with Mitch, I would have felt, I would probably would have said, I'm not going to do it, you right. know, if that was presented to me. Um, and um, he turned it down, you know, quite rightly so, but they still paid him in full. Uh-huh. And they had so to pay me. So he quit that week? He, so he yeah, just bounced. Well, I, wait, they made the offer like, you will be middling for the week. And I can understand. And ego gets in the way too. Sure. And whatever else. I mean, you know, I wouldn't want to, if I was Mitch, then middle for me, but you know, I, I'm completely removed. I'm, I just happen to be the dude that was there that week. Right. And so, um, um, it was probably awkward and, um, he, he opted to not do it. And I think they, they stayed in the hotel. I think they were there, um, for, for the week, um, for the rest of this, this is, we're talking about it like it happened on Friday night. Mm-hmm. And there was an incident also that happened, something that happened on stage that was probably not in the best. Um, it wasn't the best thing for him to do, right? Because he was angry at the club, and I and you could tell it. And once once that happened, um, it, it was it was destiny. He wasn't going to be finishing the week, mm-hmm. you know. And it was just a formality. So I get a call from Dave Stroop the next day, Saturday. You're headlining tonight. And I'm like, oh, fuck. You know, and I'm like, and, and he's like, and Mitch is done. Mitch is not coming back. And they just got uh, a couple of locals to, to, to oh, do it. And, and um, I think that um, people showed up the next night, Saturday night, to, to some Mitch fans. And they said, oh, Mitch isn't here. 
he had a he had to leave because of a family emergency, uh-huh. and he was pissed off about that. He, that's one thing he wrote about in his web um, we, on his web website, like he it, you know the statement from Mitch Hedberg about the Columbus Ohio situation, and he wrote that. Um, you know, they shouldn't lie to the people and tell them. But what are they going to do? Uh, we got rid of Mitch because he wasn't fulfilling his contractual right, obligation. Sure. You know, I mean, I think they were trying to just make the best of it and not go, Mitch was fucked up. And whether he was fucked up or not, I, don't, I you know, I don't know. It's speculation. Right. But um, And I'm sure that. I think they were know. in a hard position of what do we tell people? And it's the fucking box. I don't think anybody wrote down and said, tell them this. I think the, the box office person who's busy is going, Mitch had to leave and he couldn't be here, you know, yeah. and, and then, and then whatever, you know. But. And I'm sure that's a bit for Mitch even writing that. It's a blow to your self-esteem. You know, Absolutely. and obviously sure. that's why Absolutely. you make statements like I've done this and I've done that. Those are things to like, you're building yourself back up because it is, it's, it's, it doesn't feel good. No. You know, I've no. been through a similar situation. I'm obviously nowhere near where Mitch is, but like I went through something where I had a guy was a local guy was a touring comic from the area. A lot of local shit, all blue material. And, it's, and that first it night. It sets up man, a whole woo, thing. Yeah. 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 yeah first yeah. night, I was just like, man, I got a whole week of this shit. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I mean, they never flipped this, and I had good shows the rest of the week, but I got pulled into the office. And like, here's the comment cards. And he showed me like 17 of them out of the, you know, 280 that were there. But still, it was like, okay. I've got to, I've got to do, I've got to switch things, you know, and then the next day was to work on my act. What am I going to bring back that I know works here? What yeah. am I, how am I going to do it? Even though I don't like doing that, I just cannot afford to be flipped well, by my middle. <laughs> that's where comedy is at now. Sometimes yeah. like the artistic party wants to go up and do the religious bit and this bit. And sometimes it's like, fuck man, with this club, I'm going to come up and bring goddamn a yeah, game yeah. right now. And whether you like it or not, or that's a sellout or whatever the fuck people want to say it is, dude, it's the difference between you getting flipped or sent home or never work in that club again. Yeah. You know, it's just, it's it's just big, business big, decisions yeah. that happen sometime. So it kind of, I think it kind of created a bit of a rift between Mitch and I after that. Although it had uh, rift. I saw him a few times after sure. that and he would kind of avoid me mm-hmm. or in my, you know, paranoid mind. Sure. Like, it's, it's, probably, not, it's probably amplified in your head. But it's also like, you know, knowing drugs from, you know, people on various drugs and having dealings with them, they do just separate themselves from mm-hmm. you. And we worked in 2003, we did that. Um, I opened a couple of dates of the Comedy Central tour mm-hmm. with uh, Lou Black and, and David Tell and, and Mitch was on it. And Mitch actually goes up on one of the shows and starts talking about how this shit happened in Columbus, Ohio and uh, whatever. And I can't remember what he said, you know, but but basically being very complimentary about me. Uh But, you know, it's like you can't help it. The thing is, the week before, I was at Go Bananas in Cincinnati Cincinnati, and I was working with, with Mark Cohen. Funny dude, but he ain't fucking Mitch Hedberg. He followed me fine. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's yeah. like, it's just like, it, it, I think there's a lot of factors there. And and it's hard for me to speculate because we do know about Mitch sure. now. But I don't know at that point what, what was going on. And he, you know, when you're kind of having a rough set and you push it and you push it and you're like, fuck you people. You kind of yeah, push you it. Yeah, you almost want to like push it. I think there was a little bit of that in Mitch too. Like, yeah, sure. you know, we're all like, guilty of that at one point. I'm pushing these people because they're not enjoying it or whatever. Um, 
Bless you. But it's, you know, it's purely <sighs> speculation. But yeah, it's it's sort of, I've Excuse never me. really talked about it. I had some people after he passed, like some press people call me up and want me to talk about it. I'm like, I'm not going to talk about this because right. I know their angle was going to be something negative. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they try to slant so. it. And then if you do do that interview, because it's a funny thing about media. I remember once, it's a little off topic, but it goes back to what you're saying. I had somebody, it was, uh, I used to have a house in the lake in, in Kissimmee. And, well, uh, look at me, fucking, fancy pants. Yeah, big oh, baller. By the way, by the way, what house boat on the, did you have? Did you have a boat with three other boats in it? <laughs> Mark, I can tell you, living on the water in Kissimmee is every house in Kissimmee because they're all on the water. Okay, and, all, <laughs> and to the left is comedian Ian Gutowski's house. <laughs> <laughs> Once again, another foreclosure sign. Him and the guy from Blockbusters are having lunch at TGA Fridays, complaining, <laughs> talking about who's going to split the bill. So these Fox News came, like the local station, and we were getting this huge thunderstorm rain and all this and they go are you worried about your house being put underwater i'm like no and they go why not i go because this is like been in my this house has been in my family for 25 years i've seen a lot things a lot more hellacious and like I'm 100 feet no then they ask this question they go but if it did get up to your house would you be worried i'm like well of course i'd be worried you know i don't you know my my insurance doesn't cover that right so they take it back to editing snip out the part of the actual so like they still have their question uh-huh. but they pull out that last part take out the other question of well what if this did happen so then it makes me sound like some buffoon that's like waiting for the fucking rapture to happen right, right? right, right. six feet underwater <laughs> and as i say it's just like that's the hard thing of when you go to media right because you know they'll slant it you know it's mm-hmm. fu- they're just They've trying to make a such story an agenda it's, it's a yeah, total fucking agenda. Any, and especially like in print they're writing the story that they want to write and i sure. don't know what their angle was going to be on mitch but it was weird when somebody comes to me st- and st- who you've never heard of and wants to know about, hey, talk to me about this internet. I'm not saying shit to any Yeah, person. good call on your part. Um, plus plus the way he went out, you know they're not looking for the good. No, you yeah. know what I mean? No, no, they, they want the tragic stories. They want yeah. the things that led up to this. They don't want... The yeah. focus on the how cool he was and how and the fact that he was one was. of the greatest comics that's ever lived. Yeah, you know, a like one of the most, guy. one of the most, yeah, one of the most respected comics in comedy history. But that's not what they want to talk about. Yeah, I remember first time I saw him, my friend. I just started performing in town, and the old Largo was still going. And oh it yeah, started yeah. just started performing at Largo, and uh, and my friend Jason, I was still working at the comedy store, and my friend Jason Galarin's like, you got to come down and see this guy Mitch Hedberg, man. You got to. So he drove down there. It was awesome. Yeah. It was great, man. I love that old Largo. You remember that? Oh, yeah. The one over on um, uh, um, Fairfax. Fairfax. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 What's well, different from, than the Largo now? Yeah, it was a, it was a, it was just a little, a little place, a little restaurant-y type restaurant. thing. Yeah. With a stage a quarter the size of this studio. Was it as well known as what the Largo is out here now? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's really? Like a big, same guy. Same, same dude, place. but so yeah. it's big. They just moved it to a bigger, yeah. bigger spot. I've yet to be there yet to the Largo. Yeah, I like the. I mean, I hate to. I don't know if we have construction going on outside. I don't know if you can hear that. I think it's banging. just a guy hitting a wrench against a pipe. That's what it sounds like. <laughs> just an angry husband, just like I can't believe that. It's either that or Depeche Mode moved in next door. Yeah, They're Depeche Mode. Mode. We're just working on a new sound. Really, this is our new version of Personal Jesus. <laughs> just gonna close it real quick because it's not hot enough in here. Put those pillows up on the. Yeah, yeah, it really creates another a heat box. Uh, yeah, it's getting really warm in here. You but guys, it was. It was. It was. A, it was an all awkward thing to be part of i mean it's you know what when you when you're there and you do really well as as the middle from at least for me i don't want to see the rest of the show not go well right and when people are walking out or whatever and you should have and you're like you don't know fucking anything about this stuff yeah yeah but i just felt like mitch just I, i mean you know i would have 
said, you know, man, I'd be back there sweating it. And that's how Mitch worked. It's like, I'm going to go up and do what I, Mitch Hedberg, want to do. Right. Um, and then Stanhope in, it got involved in it and sent some, I don't know if he sent an email or sent some, or he made some statement and, and you know, look, you I don't, you like don't insult the dude's yeah. family or bring that into it, you know, right. but. Now, did he write it to you or the club owner? No, to the club owner. Oh, okay. I, I mean, it all sort of deflected off of me after a while. It was uh-huh. just sort of the early part of it, you know, and, and it, it, it was just, I can't really tell you what happened, but, um. It just it just wasn't happening right the way it should have sure for whatever specific reason and um, it kind of yeah I had sort of forgotten about it and I'm sorry I didn't mean to no bring no, it no, up. no 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 I don't like, mind I don't mind I, I I'm leaving selective parts out of it because of course, it's sir. just you know it's just I don't want to drag down anything really you know whatever but. Um, it was just like, it was a story of legend when I started. Yeah. So it was like, well, because he's not that guy that you think, you know, Mitch got switched. Right. But you know, Mitch was a low key and you know, low key, low energy dude. You had to come to him Him. because he wasn't coming to you necessarily. Um, he wasn't a, you know, I'm going to win these goddamn people over no matter what kind of guy. I said, Mitch, Mitch is jazz music. You listen to jazz, you're like, nope, you go see it live, it's a much different experience. Yeah. You know, like you've got, you have to go to it to enjoy it. Mm-hmm. And Mitch was that guy. Cause I think even the DVD that he had of his special was like the first 20 minutes was him just eating a dick. And then he yeah. sat down and then they started laughing. They stood back up and they go, we're gonna use this 22 minutes. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> that happen, like, that yeah. happens more often than not. Yeah. 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 You know, I've had so many people on this show come and tell me how they tanked on their Comedy Central special. Really? Oh, yeah. Oh it's yeah, just like, oh, yeah. and is that because of like? Well, first off, anytime you have lights on on the crowd, mm-hmm. it, it kills a good eighty percent of the sure. of the energy or more. And usually, those things have seen three or four shows. That's the part that, that night. Yeah. You know, sometimes the audience is there for so it's not like a fresh crowd that's right. sort of come. There's yeah, so been many the factors fourth, to yeah. it, but um, it, you know, Mitch was just Mitch was just uh, just an unbelievable comic, an unbelievable guy, and you know. It's 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 so weird because you think what he's been gone for ten over just over ten and a half years now, man. And I just I mean he he passed I think in two thousand five, mm-hmm. and um, I just think so, I was lucky enough to a know him and to see him perform. It's it's like people who never like a cult of uh, grows up around somebody after a while, and yeah. you think these people never even got to see this guy live, and they've right. only maybe heard of his heard his CDs or his TV appearances. And everything, and it's just sort of you—you you just realize how many great people, all you know, that you've gotten to see who who have passed, and it was still—it's just amazing, you know, what we get to see as yeah. comics. Um, you know, I, I knew I knew Hicks just a tiny little bit and got to work with him, and I think of all the—I mean, he's been dead now twenty yeah. two years, twenty two years, Jeez. twenty almost twenty two right? years, ninety uh, ninety four. He 94. died in February of ninety four. And and it, like the 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 a number of people that never got to see him right. live, I never got to see him. That idolize him, you know. And I think, man, I saw him on so many occasions, yeah. And got to spend a little bit of time with him, and it's just, it's like, it's like knowing the, you know, whatever name of, you know, like the one of the legends of something, sure. And you kind of, you know, and I wasn't like best friends with him or anything like that, but it's just, you just think, well, how? Because at some point, it's just like. I'm just going to see a comic, mm-hmm. and it turns out to be one of the the 
legendary people that most of the people who love comedy never got to see. Right. Never, you know, and and, and it's that whole myth sort of builds around them as well. I always say, I think that we get to live in the greatest time in stand-up comedy, even though it's not like they say the 80s, but as far as comedians, like we can still go and talk to the people that built this industry. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. The guys back in the 70s, I worked like Sammy Shore's comedy club in Laughlin, Nevada a few years ago. I was just eating lunch every day with this 84-year-old man. (laughs) Just like, and he rips on me constantly. And it was like the greatest thing of him ripping on me. (laughs) I swear we're having lunch one day. He picks up the phone. He goes, hold on. I got to call my wife. He goes, honey, honey, I got a a kid here named Ian Gatoski. I don't like his name. If he's going to make in this business, uh, we need to to change his name. (laughs) Hold on. I'll ask him. What's your last name? Is that the, is that really your last name? Gatoski? That's that's a, that is his real last name. Okay, thanks. Hangs up the phone. She goes, "That's the mother. Your mo- that's the name your mother gave you. Just keep it." And they just like <laughs> kept eating. I was like, it was like right in the middle of the conversation. I'm like, this is cool. Like this is the guy that started the comedy store. Yeah, right. And I'm sitting there and being uh, performing on the same same stage as him. But it's also the guy who gave us Polly Shore, so that sucks. That's true. I'm kidding. But it was- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you are a little bit, nah, but not. Paul's a good guy. I I, uh, good I went on the road with him for a little while. And oh, really? Yeah. And he uh, his roommate with his best friend for. a quite some time he's a nice guy yeah but i've always said like that's just like it's such a cool because you can still go out and talk to people that like know hicks or no or spend a lot of time with prior you know carl above yeah yeah he's an amazing he's moving out here by the way oh he's moving out where like you get to talk about like his career and and sam kennison and stuff and he's still if you get a chance to see carl above live yeah that guy is an animal up there right Right. he's such a it's 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 almost like a one-man show i act but like Act outs and stuff, but he's so good at it, yeah. you know. And he's there. That's like you get to see that. Like, well, I like I like the it. fact that I I've I've become friends with the people that I used to see on Carson. You know what I mean? Isn't that, isn't that amazing? On Carson, isn't yeah. that amazing? How, okay, so when did Carson go off the air? Ninety one or ninety two. Wow, dude, man. You, you're the Wikipedia with dates, buddy. Uh, well, I don't drink. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> but it's great to. Isn't when it I was great? In high school, like I idolized these guys, and now I'm hanging out with them, doing shows with them, yeah. having lunch with them. You know, you kind of you kind of become almost a peer, like not not completely, but not on the same level. But you become accepted by them. Yes, you know, yes. and that happened with me with with people I used to see off of Letterman. You know, when I started opening up for this person and mm-hmm. that, you know, in, in when I was living in Dallas and like Bill Hicks mm-hmm. and Goldthwait and people like that, that, that you, you know, you'd watched and then you're sort of hanging out with them. But it's even, even now you look at like how accessible even some bigger name people are that you can tweet to somebody and they might tweet you back right? or you can yeah. kind of send an email through there uh, to think of that in like the nineties that you could have somehow made a contact with somebody that you really enjoyed their mm-hmm. work, you know. I mean, comics, you can always sort of find them in the back of the room. But, like, but there are some people that, that were a bit unreachable. But now you, you do have a sort of a, a chance to tell them how much you like them or how much you fucking hate them, right. you know? I, yeah. which is usually with, with what Twitter, what happens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, I tweet Drew Carey constantly. <laughs> Still not a return. Still, he's got a hard, you know, it's the price is right. I'm sure it's a he's big busy. Job. He's, he's busy. busy. He's busy. He's busy. He's very busy. It's, uh, but I, it, there, yeah, but there is something about like, you know, the, and then all those legends, like that story about Mitch, you know, and, and, all, and I, I want to go to the people who want to know dirt, I go fucking concentrate on the, the, the good Mitch stories. Like, yeah. I don't mind telling you guys here, sure. but I know the people who, who want to know the bad part of it. And I'm like, you know, fuck man, if everybody's bad moment was publicized, 
you know, nobody would be left. Well, right. I always think about that when we look at guys that get scrutinized or they get shit on by the media. And I'm just like, oh, you're perfect. Like, why do we have to? I've always said it's just like Bill Clinton gets his dick sucked. The whole world's falling apart. Right. If Mick Jagger's got 12 girls sucking his dick off while his wife's at home, well, that's just part of being a rock star. Yeah. I'm like, so why is there such a, why do we have to hold different people in different professions on different moral grounds? If we're all human, we should all base that off that. And then once again, it's just like, come on, are we all maybe outside of the subway guy for like fucking kids? Like yeah. that guy should be raked over the coals. But like, right. you know what I'm saying? Like the other stuff, like, can you believe this person did this? I'm like, who cares? Or people. I've done plenty of dumb, stupid shit in my life and I still do. Well, well I don't things. know why we should expect that. Now it's becoming very philosophical. Yeah. That's <laughs> that a, a real road story. Yeah. <laughs> looking like, Once you know <laughs> people who are, you know, like a bit more famous or whatever, you realize these fucking people are just exactly like everyone else. No, humans. They're just as screwed up. Mm-hmm. They're just as as driven by ego, uh, uh, fetish, you know, uh, sexuality. Low self-esteem. As anyone else. Yeah. It's just that we don't think that politicians or movie stars or famous comics, are, you know, man, they're more fucked up than you are probably. That's how they got Probably. to be. <laughs> yeah. Don't you think there's? I've always said. I, I always tell people. They go, "What's it like being a com like uh, like a comic?" And I go, "I think that there's something base level, kind of like really kind of sick about it when you think about it. Where I'm just like, what do I want to do with my life? I want to go up in front of a room of complete strangers that I yeah. don't want and fight for their affection." Fight for their laughter. For their yeah. attention. And their attention. And it fills me up. And you know the adrenaline rush you get after a good show. You're pumped. You can't sleep. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's its own drug. And you're like, there's something off of the fact that we are willing to go up there by ourselves with a microphone and say, it's me and you fuckers. We're up here for 45 minutes. Buckle up. <laughs> We're going to try magic, make a magic yeah. happen tonight. I think there's something really kind of weird and about it. Would, something beautiful about it, yeah. right? But something... And you would quit the next day if all those 300 people weren't there and it was just your dad and you finally got his attention. <laughs> I swear to God. I swear to God. If anybody's listened to my uh, mental illness podcast with Paul Gilmartin, you'd understand that. <laughs> I think it's... I think May looks down and his dad is just doing the check. <laughs> For 10 minutes trying to, trying to, trying to figure out the check. <laughs> that's the thing. There's only one man that's ever made my dad laugh. And it's Rodney Dangerfield. Ah, Dangerfield is the greatest, man. Uh, just like, you know, I love all those little one-liners he had were just so mm-hmm. funny. And I had the only, my wife's such a bad cook, I only had the only dog on the street that would beg for Alka-Seltzer. <laughs> <laughs> Shit like that is so good. It, I would, it stands up against the test of time. Yeah. Like, those jokes yeah. work still to this day, you know? I went down the Dangerfield rabbit hole a couple months ago, man. Just YouTube and his, you, go you, in those? you can go like a, he's got like an hour on YouTube from Vegas. And yeah. He, and he just walks out and from the... Boy, I tell you, no. I'm doing all right today, but last week I was in trouble, you know? And it, from then on, it's an hour. Boom, boom, bam, boom, bam, boom, bam, boom, boom. I, um, and I know that you're a big Vegas guy and a, mm-hmm. a classic Vegas guy. When I was 12, this when, when my family had moved over here yeah, in 1979, we drove from Los Angeles to, to Texas where we ended up sort of staying. But uh, we stopped in Vegas. And we'd been to Vegas before, but it's um, – uh, Rickles was playing Caesar's Palace. And mm-hmm. this is 70s Vegas. Right. The yeah. 70s showroom Vegas, you know, those kind of seats and the big prime rib steak dinner. And, and you know, at, at 12, I, I made the call. I'm like, we're going to go see Don Rickles. I chose, <laughs> I we're going call. to see Rickles. And it was amazing. You know, yeah. it was just so great. But it was just like such a great experience. That's to, awesome. To see, 
a Vegas show. But I mean, I mean, I loved Rickles even sure. as a child. At ten years old, 10, 12 years old, I loved that. Yeah. that that guy, and it was just such a cool thing. What a to great see. person to see in a great setting in a great period of time. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. it's like oh, it's, yeah. it's the it's well, like the uh, then then I yeah. mean that was you know it's the such perfect a great storm. Thing. Everything you know, like the right guy yeah. in the right place in the right time. My wife saw Steve Martin in Vegas. Oh man, what? that would be cool. I should get her on here to tell that story. I never thought of that. That would be her, cool. Yeah, her, let's like, go get her right now. <laughs> uh, like what period of time? It like, would have to be late seventies when it, he was still. Yeah, yeah when, when he, he was, was. When did he stop performing? Like early eighties. I think or? it was like if it is eighty at all. Maybe it was like cause, he had that. Remember he had that Steve Martin Brothers album that came out like eighty one or eighty two, and okay, that was like maybe. half of it was stand up and the other half was banjo music. Right. That was <laughs> that was even his like, hey dude, I'm done with this bullshit yeah, kind yeah. of thing. But um, that, I mean, that's one of the guys. I mean, because Rickles has performed forever, so there's sure. a chance you could. But to, to have seen Steve Martin, that's yeah. like that's that would, like really. Hit. I should get her on to tell it. She hasn't really told. She hasn't really told me that story. Yeah, that <laughs> would be great. It's always gonna. You should record it and put it on at the end of this. Oh, that's not a bad idea. As like a little uh, post script. Oh, good. There we but, go. Um, great. I don't want to tell you how to. He do, wants a producer credit on this. Show. Short so, wants a producer credit so on much this for one. Going um, to the gym today, you know. Um, <laughs> or just do a whole episode about it. That would right. be great as a whole episode right. about it. Yeah, um, I should get my wife on here. Todd Todd Glass or Todd Glass has a great story about because he's a huge Rickles fan. Yeah. Uh, by the way, I just had Todd on the show a couple weeks ago. Oh yeah, Did he, maybe he told you this story. It's archived if you haven't heard it. He went and saw uh, Rickles when he was like fourteen, and he was uh-huh. right up front, and he was so excited. And Rickles comes and works that front row, and you know fucks with some old dude, hey, you and whatever, and then fucks with, and then and then and then fucks with some woman who's sitting next to him, and then he looks at, and Todd's like, oh, I'm gonna get fucked, I'm gonna get like insulted by Don Rickles, and Rickles looks at him and goes. You look like a nice kid. And then he moves to the next person. Ah. And he's like, fuck, I missed my I chance. I wanted to get slammed. To get, to get slammed by Don Rickles. If, if, you're, if you ever have him back on, I'll ask him that story. I, I, didn't, I didn't even begin to do it justice. Right. But it's just like that was his like thing. Like I, I'm up front and I want Rickles. <laughs> and Rickles was nice to him. I wonder, if it, I wonder if it was played for the humor of it. Like he just shits, it on, might this have guy, been. shits on this guy, shits on this guy. You're like a good kid. Shits on this guy. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. Could, I, have been. Was, Could have been. But it's just like I think that was his dream Yeah, yeah. to, to get the full Rickles effect. But I I think I think that's that's amazing to to get to see those legendary because even that like you know we can think of our our iconic heroes in stand up right now that might go back 20 25 years mm-hmm. to have seen Steve Martin Rickles people like that you know at that heyday mm-hmm. that's unbelievable man yeah. that's so fantastic I always yeah. thought too is just like when Rickles Rickles dies so does Old Vegas like he's the last yeah, one left really honestly yeah. I mean there's nobody there's nobody like I mean he was Las Vegas, you yeah. know. I mean, he was Sinatra's dude, which like everybody knows that famous story of Rickles and Sinatra <laughs> about coming to. You've heard that story, right, Murray? Probably. I don't yeah, about about where with. Rickles Rickles comes up. He's like, yeah, Frank. Hey, like he, he does. He hardly knows Frank Sinatra at all. Frank oh, Sinatra, right. just, just oh, some yes. of yes. Where he's like, hey, come by and say hi to my girl that I'm dating. It would really make her day if you came by and say hello. You know. So he's like, yeah, no problem, kids. So he's sitting there eating dinner with this. Rickles is sitting eating dinner with this girl. Frank is up. He's like, hey, Don Rickles, big fan. How you doing? He's like, please, Frank. Frank, can't you see him in the middle of something here? <laughs> to the biggest star in the world right. yeah. at the time. Yeah. And yeah. that was Rickles' sense of humor. And and Sinatra just laughed his ass off. And like from that, I'm sure from that moment on, that's where their friendship really kind that's of ignited. When, yeah, got really Because solid, it's just yeah. like this guy gets it. Right. You 
know, because I haven't seen like Rickles still pushes AC, still tours, right? Like, yeah, yeah, like yeah, 87, yeah. He's still doing he's gigs. You always see him like doing something in in mm-hmm. Vegas and a few places like yeah. that. And yeah. I watched him get slapped down by Craig Ferguson one night, and I was like really upset. Uh, he was doing a panel. It was like only two years ago when Ferguson still had a show, and he goes, he went, he goes, "Oh, look at the black guy there laughing," and Ferguson was just like, "Whoa, whoa, that's that." There is a time for that. Oh, really? Yeah, really? and I'm just like, first of all, go fuck yourself. I mean, even <laughs> though I love you, I'm like, that is not your call to make. Yeah, yeah. And I go, and if you don't understand Rickles' comedy, if, or if you did, you'd understand why you shouldn't have said anything right. and just kept the, the thing where, other than that, I like the guy. That was my only moment That's in time. That's strange. That I, just, I mean, because it's like, it's he's not saying anything negative, though. Right. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, it's just, I'm, I understand. Ferguson's a strange dude, though. Yeah. Is he? Isn't he a strange he's dude? A little, he's a little. He's I don't know him personally, cool. but just having okay. So I was the very first. Great I, w- I did the very first spot on. Um, you were the first one on, on, on uh, Ferguson on the late late show with Craig. Really, you were the first comic. Yeah, I did the first uh, uh, show, and it was and it was quite good. And you know that was the only one that I ever did where he was actually on set. Right, because he was um, never on set. He was never on set. End, this after, was like the second oh, day. Really? The second day of taping. Oh, okay, and so it was really you know, and it's funny because he was at the desk and he has the cards. So he knows that somebody's probably come, and I'm standing backstage, mm-hmm. and he's he looks over and he sees me, and he kind of does a goofy wave, and I, oh, I wave back like he must know I'm you know right. I'm I'm coming up here in a minute. And the band, none of the band, the music's playing, mm-hmm. um, you know they they took the whatever the the break time, and um, I do my he introduces me, I do my set, and he comes over and talks to me afterwards, and this was of course the set didn't make it that night, ended up playing a week later. And he comes up and he goes, oh, I didn't know who you were. I didn't know why you were standing there. And I'm like, really? <laughs> just just, just, just get into show business? Like, gentleman. But he seemed nice about it, you know. Right. And, and I did it a few more times. And, and he would always come back in the, in, the, in the makeup room and go, you know, do you mind? I have to go to Afghanistan right now to, to you know, to do a Thanksgiving show. Do you right. mind if I'm not on set? You know. Like, do I have that power to, yeah, yeah. to make you stay? I'd prefer you not go to Afghanistan <laughs> and support the troops because I'm that needy of a performer <laughs> that right. my five minutes. We, yeah, well, you tell the troops while you're there, the ice is even give it up. <laughs> so I'm in a gig in Kansas in 2000, early 2012, and he comes into the club. He'd done whatever local theater that night, sure. and he comes into the club, and um, the the club manager brings him over to where the other comedians are. And, um, and look who's here, look who's here, Craig Ferguson, whatever. And we all shake hands. And I'm looking at Craig Ferguson. I said, oh, how are you, man? I've done your show a few times. In fact, I said I was actually the very first comic mm-hmm. on, on your show. Nothing. He just stares at me, doesn't <laughs> say a word, doesn't register anything. <laughs> And then turns his back on me and walks away. And I thought, what a fucking weird, strange dude. I mean, I don't know what the reaction should have been. I mean, if you're a human being, you'd go, oh. Oh, cool. Interesting. Even if you don't give a fuck. You know what I mean? I don't mean, I don't want him to go, oh, you did a great set or whatever. But to me, it's just like, it's recognition of like, I was there from the beginning of your thing. Mm -hmm. And I was, you know, I mean, I'm, you know, whatever. But to 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 me, and I've, I haven't talked about this on any kind of podcast, but uh, we're getting all of our shit out today. I thought it was a fucking cock move on his his part. Well, it's dismissive to, as fuck. To not, I mean, you don't have to say anything, but to not even any acknowledgement mm-hmm. uh, that there's a human being in front of you saying something. And I always thought, well, fuck this guy. Right. You know, I mean, what a weird, fucking, strange dude. It's not like I asked you for any other, you know. 
I don't. I mean, I guess. I, I guess I thought. It, you know, the fact that I'd been on his show or whatever, or had met him even in passing, I got people that don't give a fuck about me that put in more effort. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? But it, to me, it was just like I don't know what somebody in that position is supposed to do. But to me, it was just like. It was kind of cockish. It is. Cockish. It was on the cockish side, right? For me, now maybe maybe people will listen and go, "Who the fuck are you to expect anything from someone?" But you know, as a human being who, who no, deals respect, with other human beings, no, I think I think you're right to think that you don't just dismiss another human being for zero yes. reason. Once again, who knows what somebody's got going on that right, day man. or I in, mean, that, I, in that moment? But it, it just, you know, look as I guess it becomes the thing where it's like, okay, so I've hung out with. Hicks and I've hung out with Mitch and I've hung out with Robin Williams and I've hung out with people who don't treat you like anything other than we're all in the same game together. And then when somebody does and you go, what the fuck was that about? I mean, I've been on your show. It's not like I'm some random fucking guy that comes up and goes, please put me on your show. (laughs) I'm like, I've been on your show. I was on the first one, which is kind of landmark in a way. Sure, yeah. And then to be just like nothing, just a blank stare and and then turn when somebody turns their back on you and walks away right it was a very deliberate and i just go oh fucking that's weird maybe he knows that you've hung around with a lot of comics that have died maybe he thinks (laughs) that you're the cause (laughs) of those huge comics death take a step back yeah i'm the jinx (laughs) that reminds me of something i wanted to say and again i'm I'm nobody but um you're somebody to me man you're somebody to me man you got me you got me a coffee i did a coffee and you got me a guest spot i did (laughs) and then i had to fucking clean up after you because you alienated them with your anti-christ shit shit. no i'm just kidding um which i was like i was laughing because i'm starting this whole chunk on religion too and i'm like oh this is gonna be a rough one (laughs) um but in i was down in la jolla a couple weeks ago at the la jolla comedy store and was doing a show and the doorman came up to me and said, hey, Mer, um, my girlfriend and her friend are here. Um, do you mind if they come in or would you rather them pay? I mean, I'm happy to have them pay. And I'm like, dude, let them in. We're in this. You're, we're in this same business. You know. I mean, I super appreciate you asking that. That was really cool, especially from a doorman at the comedy store. But he's like, no, bring them in, man. He's like, oh, thanks. I really appreciate it. Are you on a door deal down there? I was on a door deal down oh, there. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. But I mean, you're not gonna, you're not going to make... Them making well, I'm gonna be out what eight bucks or whatever, yeah, ten, 10 bucks. bucks or whatever, you know. I mean, but still, I thought it was really cool that uh, that he asked that. I thought that was really, really nice. nice. Uh, real quick before we get out of here, uh, you spent like a year on the road with Margaret, didn't you? Was it like a year? I did indeed. Well, Margaret a good Joe? part of yeah. the year in 2013, yeah, mm-hmm. no kidding. That was like a worldwide tour, wasn't it? It was. We toured um, Australia, uh, did the US tour, and then Europe, and Europe was, was fantastic. Yeah. to go to Europe and do jokes. I mean, it's really just unbelievable. Right. Um, it was a it was a great tour, um, and you just because you just wonder like what's going to work. Yeah. Going to Europe, and we started in Berlin, but you know what it is? It's like you go anywhere. You go into a town, and you look at like shit that's funny to you, and you go mm-hmm. up and start to talk to them. Like I was, I got to my hotel in Berlin, and I was on the top floor, and I opened my window, and the window opened completely. Uh-huh. I was like, Jesus, you don't get a full window in American hotels, <laughs> you know? And so you start, like, I've actually developed a whole bunch of material about just touring in Europe, but it's like, you know, and you talk about that stuff that, 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 you know, that you see. And and in Berlin, there was a lot of like Americans and English people and Germans. It's but, but as we got into like Sweden and Norway and uh-huh. Copenhagen and you go, man, this is the locals. Yeah. 
<laughs> and everyone, you know, spoke. I mean, all the shows were great I mean, because it was Margaret, but um, she brought out a great, uh, a great audience. But um, you know, people that that w- you didn't have the luxury of you knew that they were Americans there very much, or, right? Or people that would understand, and it was just amazing to uh, to tour there, except. Amsterdam was the only place I did not enjoy. I had a horrible huh. show in Amsterdam. Really? I think it came down to the club uh, where we were. Everything else was the theater. This was There was some just weirdness there. And just Amsterdam, like I think the idea of Amsterdam to me was 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 so built up. Like right. this is going to be the grooviest, most laid back. I mean, I lived in San Francisco. Sure. So it's like I get there and it's just fucking pissed off people in bikes, <laughs> angry that you're walking across the street. You know, it's like, it's like, it's like going to Seattle, you know, yeah. it's like people just, 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 and you know, just, um, just whizzing by you on bikes. And, and I'm like, I'm a fucking pedestrian. I'm yeah. like the lowest of the food chain here. And, um, it, but it was, it was, everything was great. And then, um, you know, I mean, to do a show in, I got food poisoning in Sweden. That was the only thing bad really? that happened. I got, I got of violent fish or whatever. No, Margaret wanted to eat lutefisk. And yeah, I, lutefisk. and I was like, I'm not eating that shit. Right, you know? right. You know, that's like, it's, it's, like a, rot- it's rotten fish. It's like, yeah. they put fish in a, in a, in a, like piece a of paper in a box and they put it under a mattress for 15 <laughs> years. And she's like, I'm going to go eat that shit. And like, you know, she's Korean. So she's eating all kinds of right. fucked up crazy shit. And, uh, she'll tell you, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. um, uh, that's where Craig Ferguson will tell me that's racist. And it's, you don't say yeah, he would, he would put your place, right even though it's funny. And, and I, not and racist I, yeah, I went and ate some spaghetti and I got violently, I was just thrown. It was so bad because I threw up all night and I thought I was okay. And then we had to go to the, uh, to the airport. Uh, to fly to to Finland and and I don't know if you've ever been on the verge of throwing up whatever's caused it every movement mm-hmm. m- moves it just slightly up in your stomach yeah. and I somehow got through uh, the the um, the security line I don't know how I did it but as soon as I got through I'm like fucking it's happened I'm gonna puke right and I'm in duty oh. free because every it's international airport as soon as you get through security it's a mile of Toblerones and cameras <laughs> and I can see the men's room and I actually I actually knew I was gonna throw up right then and I was at an empty register and I grabbed a, a plastic bag oh really and threw a, in the middle awesome. of duty free I just had to it's just gonna happen yeah, and it's yeah. just I mean luckily I had something to throw up into yeah yeah but Oof. you know, you're that, only that one carry amazing. on, sir. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Like, I have something to declare now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Please, yes, man. What's but that? man, it food was. Food poisoning it was, is it the worst. I can't even horrible. imagine traveling on food. Traveling with food poisoning was horrible. Um, but that was the only bad thing that happened. I hear. Um, what do you? Don't you find? Because like one of my favorite comics to watch. You guys know Jason Rouse. Yeah, I know his name. Canadian and no, the filthiest him. comic I've ever seen. Yeah. walking the planet, like filthier than Sean Rouse. Yeah, like he talks about Jason Rouse talks about like fucking. You know Sean Rouse? I don't. Yeah, like is he the guy? He's got like a, a yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Oh. And, and, and hilariously funny. Oh, he's great. He's, I, he's like yeah. he works with a tell a lot. So if there's yeah. somebody named Rouse that's dirtier than uh, Sean. Yeah, Rouse? They, he did. He did Jim Norton's um, Down and Dirty show, and they would not allow his set. You got to get him on. The oh no, show. shit! Oh, wow. Really? That's amazing. Yeah. And where I want to bring this right? Yeah, one of his jokes, and like I remember coming home and seeing him, and tears running in my face watching him. And I'm telling my wife, and he goes, oh, he talks about fucking this prostitute with a frozen piece of dog shit. And she's like, what? And I'm like, okay, he's at the parlor. In two weeks, we're going to see him. My <laughs> wife is punching me in the leg because she cannot stop laughing. Really? you got to watch him do it. Right. The, uh, to go around, and the reason I talk about that, and obviously it's very harsh, very like, you know, the, the taboo of, of sexuality and stuff. But in Scandinavian countries, this guy's a, a megastar. 
Really? Like they really well, that, get him. that hardcore Nordic black death metal. So <laughs> yeah, they, yeah, can yeah. Ha- they can handle yeah, well, the, uh, the dog shit in the right, prostitute. Right. Yeah, so, I mean, that's a little tiny thing for I like. Yeah, yeah, I like yeah, my yeah. comics blue. But yeah, the, the children's comedian uh, uh, Jason yeah, Rouse. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> hilarious. So I always wondered if they were more like open minded about any sort of subject matter. I think there is a level of that. I think yeah. I think there really is there that is, kind yeah. of thing because that that was a joke I made about the window. It's mm-hmm. just like. You know, in America, you do not have a full window, but in Europe, it's more like, well, that's 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 the kind of day you're having. You know, (laughs) go for it right there. But um, it's you know, it's just it's just. I think there is. Yeah, I think they are. And plus, comedy is kind of a new thing to them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So there is. I'm on a Margaret Cho show, so it's like you can do anything you want. But I think uh, I think I was going to say something about Europe. I fucking forgot what it is. It's the worst thing about getting old. Yeah. Um, You're talking about um, more open minded, Amsterdam, uh, Scandinavian comedy. We'll do it on the next time. Comedy's new. We'll hit it about next time. Thanks for coming, guys. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Uh, I appreciate you guys coming out today and uh, talking the stories. Uh, uh, hit up Ian Gatoski at iangatoski.com. Nope, not even close. Thank you. We've right. been friends a long time and I've done the show a million times, but it's funnyian.com. Funnyian.com. That's what threw me. That's what threw me. <laughs> <laughs> the funny part <laughs> the in front of your name, Ashley. Sammy Shaw's wife actually came up with a, a <laughs> domain Sammy name wife, for Yeah, told me. This guy with funny keep, Ian. And just... Keep, keep your, your mother's, whatever the name your mother gave you, gave you. But, but put this on your website. <laughs> <laughs> and you can see I'll be at Flappers and Burbank. Um, were we in November? Yeah. yeah we're in November. November 23rd and 24th or 22nd, whatever that Friday, Saturday uh, okay. combo is. I'll be there. Awesome. Uh, Jim, where can we find you? Uh, well, my website's down right now. Um, good. Um, does it have a thing where you go to it and it says under construction? It's got like a little kind of hard like waving to you. Yeah. I wish yeah. I'd love that. <laughs> I kind of, uh, I kind of, you know, got lost on that. But I'm on the, I'm on the Twitter. Twitter, sure. I'm on the Instagram. Awesome. I'm on the other stuff. And I'll Oof. be, uh, if we're plugging dates, if that's, that's what we're yeah, doing. Yeah, please do. We'll plug uh, I'll be at Comedy Castle in, uh, in uh, Royal Oak. Michigan. Michigan, right, outside yeah. of Detroit. That's the old schooler. That's like that's it's where Tim Allen club. got his start. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um in December, seventeen, something oh, like awesome. that. Nineteen, something like that. Mm-hmm. If people are interested in that kind of stuff. I'm sure they are. But, for um, Christmas. Come on, Michigan. And and my, and my old podcast. I don't have a podcast anymore, but they can go back and listen to that. Monsters of Talk. Oh, uh, that's right. Find that Margaret. online. So we had some good guests. Yeah, you had some great, some great I, guests. I was envious of much of your guests. Um Guys, I'll be in Vegas this week. If you're in Vegas, come on out. Uh, check it out. If not, at Murray V on Twitter. And uh, come see these guys when uh, they're in your town. They're very funny. Thanks a lot. Peace. You want to know about life on the road? It's booze, tacos, angry dwarfs, strippers waving guns. And fees, fights, cancel flights, running with the runs. Then blacklists, bounce checks, great a bachelorette. <laughs> Drunks in the front making out for your set And middle acts doing blow more missing merch and Drive the rental car past another mega church And juice keys, vagina fists, your cell phone is gone One big law and order marathon